we're going to be finishing up week five, or this is week five of our, of our um, and fighting out of this corner series. This is going to finish out the series. We're obviously going to be taking a break next week, and then uh, the following week, whatever week that is, I guess the 17th, we'll be starting up a new series um, at that time. But I want to go ahead and finish out this um, this series, and if you haven't been here or you're not sure what this is about, basically what we've been doing is we've been taking uh, battles in our world, the battles that we fight um, in our own minds and in our own lives, and we, we discuss them to, to figure out how to overcome those things. And as we conclude this series, um, this is the one that has been kind of on my mind probably since the beginning. Um, it's been the one that I've kind of wanted to, to cover um, more than any of them, and it's probably in some ways the most unspiritual of all of them, and at the same time, the most spiritual of all of them in a weird way. And, and so I'm very excited to share this with you, and I'm going to say this right up front. I'm going to do my best to stay off of my soapbox, but it is going to come out a little bit, and, and I want you to know that I'm not trying to, to, to hit on a certain group of people, and you'll know in a second what I'm talking about, or an age uh, group of people, but basically all of us deal with this whether we understand it or not, and that is the difference between distraction and hurry versus waiting. I fought for a while, do I do distraction, do I do hurry, and I just finally said forget it, I'll put them both in there uh, and so that we can cover them all, but distraction versus hurry. We're going to be in Matthew, the 22nd chapter this morning, this is going to be our text, we'll be here and then we're going to jump at some other places. We're going to start in Matthew 22, and this is what it says, starting with verse 1. It says, and again, Jesus spoke to them in parables. Now, I love that Jesus does this. He tells stories. He has people uh, that that are there, there as hearers, that they can understand what he's saying. But he speaks to them in parables and are a story, and this is what he says. The kingdom of heaven may be compared. Now, basically what he's talking about here is he's saying that the kingdom of heaven is like this. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so he starts off, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business. Now, we have to understand the context here a little bit of what Jesus is doing. Jesus here is talking to the common people. I mean, there may have been some, uh, some Pharisees and things like that, but mostly he's talking to the individuals who, who are hearing this story. And you have to understand, a lot of times when Jesus would tell a story, he was telling it in a way that was basically kind of one of those things where people are hearing it and they're going, oh my goodness, that is the craziest thing ever. Why would somebody do that? And that's basically what's happening here. You have to understand, kings and and royalty here are pretty big. And I guess we have recently a very interesting, you know, thing that we all saw. And that is, we saw, um, I don't care, I don't know, some prince and prince, you know, not princess. I guess she's a a princess now. Got married. Duchess. I'm I'm glad I'm an American, you know. I mean, no. So, so they got married, and everybody was, was I, I heard that there were some people that had parties, and they dressed up, and they had tea and crumpets. I don't, 
what do you do with that? I don't know. But basically, there were, and there were famous people there, and they had the wedding, and it was great and wonderful. And, and obviously, I would assume, I don't know, I'm not this way, but I guess it was probably quite an honor to be invited to the royal wedding. That was a big deal, I guess, for certain people. And in Jesus' time, that's kind of the situation he's giving. He's saying, basically, there is a king and the king's son. And they are having a wedding feast. Now, a wedding feast at this time was not like what we see weddings today. Wedding feasts took days. This was the event of not probably just the year, but of the decade. This was a big deal. And so these people had been invited to come to enjoy the blessings and enjoy all the stuff that the king has prepared for those who are invited. And so the people that are hearing this are going, oh my goodness, what an honor. Oh my goodness, I can't believe, wow, how neat. These people were invited to the king's son's wedding. And nobody comes. Nobody comes. Look here at verse number uh, five. We, We see something very interesting. It says, but they paid no attention. But they paid no attention. I feel like one of the issues in our world today is this idea of distraction. We have a hard time with being focused and being where we are in in that moment. We are distracted by so many things and we are in a problem. We, We have this situation where we don't pay attention to what those things are. And so we're going to look at four different things. As we look at this battle between distraction and hurry and waiting. Number one, uh, just a simple question. What creates the most distraction and hurry in your life? What creates the most distraction and hurry in your life? Look at verses 4 or 5 again. It says, again, he said to his servant, saying, Tell those who are invited, see, I prepared the dinner, blah, blah, blah. But they paid no attention and went off. Now, this is interesting. Where did they go? Why were they not going to the feast? One went to his farm. Another to his business. Question, what causes the most distraction in your life? Is it work? Is it your hobbies? I think it's interesting here that we see uh, one to his farm, another to his business. Now, I don't know if you're like this. My grandfather had what we call the farm. He had a garden, but it wasn't a farm like you would see. Most people, you know, you think of a farm, you think of large, large tracts of land. They're growing wheat or corn or whatever. Grandpa didn't have that. We still called it the farm. It was kind of a hobby farm. Some of you have heard that term before. And so in this, I think that Jesus is kind of talking about all the stuff that we get involved in. All the stuff that is our hobbies. All the stuff that we enjoy. Now, is it wrong that these people went to the farm and went to their business? No. The problem is, is they were invited to the feast of the king and they paid no attention because they went off to do their stuff. And missed it. The next, another to his business. Listen, I, I have this thing that I wear it's called, it's, not called, it's called a road ID. Basically what it is, is it's something I wear when I go bike riding. Okay? And the point of it, and this sounds a little morbid, but just go with me. The point of it is, if I crash and I am unable to communicate, whether that means I am, I am knocked out or something like that, that those people can come up, they can see my ID bracelet, it has my name, it has Emily's name, it has my father's name, it has all this. So I can basically, they can make those people aware that I might not be making it home. And that's it. One of the things on that ID bracelet is the thing that my grandfather used to always tell me when I talked to him on the phone. And he'd say this. He said, are you working hard? 
And normally when I'm riding my bike, I'm working hard. And if I'm not, I look down at my bracelet and I go, I'm, I'm kind of slacking here. I need to work hard. The issue here is not working hard. The issue here is not being focused on the business that you are in. The point here is that they're going to these places instead of going to the feast that God has for them. What distracts you? What keeps you from the feast? What keeps you from experiencing the blessings of God? Now, this is where we get a little bit on Aaron's soapbox. Just a little bit. As I was putting this message together this week, I did some research online. And basically found that on average, we spend 4.7 hours a day on our phones. 4.7. Now, I am not good at math at all, but I can work a calculator. And basically, I started doing, okay, how many, 4.7 a day, how much, blah, 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 how much, how much, you know, I just kind of kept going and going and going. Basically, what I found out is that we, on average, spend a little over two months a year looking at our phone. Now, is there anything wrong with looking at your phone? No. But the problem is, is what I'm seeing in people's lives, it's keeping them from the feast. We spend, I thought this was interesting, and this was in 2015. This was, the, this, was the, this was obviously three years ago. Obviously, it's only gone up from here. We spend worldwide 42.5 billion hours watching Netflix. Watching Netflix. You know what is a big distraction for us? The phone, the screen. The video games. Are all those things bad? No, they're not. But they become bad when they keep us from the feast. When they become a distraction in our lives. When they, when they remove us from the individuals that God has placed in our lives. I have this weird thought. We were, we were out at a restaurant on Friday... And, and it was kind of an interesting restaurant. It was um, one that you kind of ordered. You got online and you ordered, you know, and then they would let you know when your food was ready and you kind of came up. And there was a, there was a family in front of me and it was a mother and, and, and two children. I assume it was the mother, but it was a mother and two kids. And I watched them through this entire line. And it took maybe five, maybe eight minutes to get through the entire line. And through that time, they did not say one word to each other. But they... Spent that whole time doing this. I love my phone. I do. My phone is so cool. But I have this fear. I have this concern. That there are times where God is speaking to us. And God is saying, listen, I need you to do this or that. And we can't hear him because we are too busy with our face and a screen. To hear what he's saying. It's a distraction to us. It's a problem that we don't like to talk about. Because again, we like our phones. We like our stuff. We like what we do. We like our hobbies. But sometimes they are keeping us from the feast. They are keeping us from spending time with the king and his son. Do I have to get, do I have to explain that to you? I don't think I do. I don't think I do. So then Aaron, so, 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 so next, what's the problem with a life filled with distraction and hurry? What's the problem? 
Does it really matter? Is it really that big of a deal? Yes, it is. Look at John 13. This is what it says. It says, a new commandment I give to you. This is Jesus obviously speaking. That you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. But this, by this, and this is important, you've got to check this out. But by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I read this quote this week by Dallas Willard, um, theologian. I, I have some of his books. He's, I really enjoy him. And he basically wrote this. He says, you cannot love in a hurry any more than you can sleep in a hurry. You ever had that happen? How many, I mean, I mean if you've had children... The one of the words that you use a lot is hurry. Hurry. Hurry, do this. Hurry, do that. I've even said this as silly as this is. Hurry and go to sleep. You can't hurry and go to sleep. You see, why this is a problem is we aren't doing a very good job loving each other. Because we are too busy with all the distractions and all the hurry in our life to do that. And you can't love somebody in a hurry. Love takes time. Love takes focus. Love takes attention. And it's important. I mean, I just want, and I'll just use me, okay? I'll just use me. If I never spend time with my son, if I never tell him that I love him, or if I tell him like this, yeah, I, I love you, son. You know what I found about my son? You know what he wants to do more than anything, as crazy as this is? He wants to spend time with mom and dad. He wants to know mom and dad love him. And you know what? Sometimes, just full disclosure, I want to see what the weather is. Or or I want to see what's happening with my sports team. Or I want to see... And it's hard. It's hard. Folks, if we can't love each other, then how is the world going to know that we're his disciples? Now, I want you to stop and I want you to think about the world today. And I would dare say, they don't know. They don't know. Because we're too distracted. You can't love somebody in a hurry. You can't love somebody. I remember as a kid hearing people, you know, being married for 50 years or, or 60 years and just, oh my goodness, how in the world? And they would say these crazy things. They would say, I love this person now more than I did when I married them. And I remember thinking, oh, isn't that sweet? They're crazy. And then I met my wife. And I get it. Because love takes time. Love is a beautiful thing. Love doesn't happen in a hurry. Love doesn't happen distracted. Have you, ever had, have you ever had a relationship with somebody that was just always continually distracted? How does that make you feel? How does it make you feel? When you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and the, the phone just keeps going and just goes and, and, or, or, or there's other things that are more important. You know, when I was a kid, it was, it, was, it was dads at work. And they were just the, the American dream and blah, blah, blah. And now it seems like it's parents with their devices. Listen, we as human beings haven't changed much. Jesus, way back, is talking about distraction here and missing what God has. Our stuff has just changed. 
We haven't. What we have used to distract us has. And it's dangerous. And it's a problem. Next, let's look at the life of Jesus. Number three. Jesus was often busy, but never hurried. Jesus was often busy, but never hurried. We're going to look at Mark 6 in just a minute. But I want you to think about Jesus' life. Jesus had a very, very short amount of time to make all this happen. Get me? Get what I'm saying here? Jesus had a very important mission. Jesus was looking at these things and he was going, man, this, he got about three years. And Jesus was busy. And we're going to look in just a minute at the difference between busy and hurried. But right now, but, but Jesus was busy, but he was never in a hurry. Look at this story, because I think this is really interesting. We're going to be in Mark 6. We're going to read verse 7. I'm going to skip some stuff, because it doesn't really matter what we're sharing today. And then we're going to jump to 30, okay? But this is what it says. It says, And he called the twelve, and he began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over unclean spirits. So basically, this is the story where Jesus sends out his disciples, and basically these disciples go, and it's just a wonderful thing. And so they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they kept... Now check out, this is important. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So they have a very successful time. They go out. People are healed. I mean, this, this is great stuff. So this is going on and all this stuff. And then we jump down to verse number 30. And it says this. The apostles returned to Jesus and told them all that they had done and taught. I mean, this is exciting. This is awesome. Oh, my goodness. We did this and we did that. I mean, they are pumped and they are ready. And here is Jesus' response. And he said to them, come away by yourself to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. Now, I want you to stop and think about that. Jesus goes, I got three years with these guys. And obviously, as we look at their lives, they don't get it for quite a while. And Jesus is sitting here going, oh man, now listen, listen, in our world today, how would we have responded to this? Man, we would have been like, okay, what's next, man, we're ready. Oh man, we just did this and we just did that and God's doing, oh wow, this is great, great. And how would we, well, we're going to go out here, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. And, we're, and oh, that sounds so great. What's Jesus' response? Let's go rest. Let's go have a little leisure. <laughs> um, I don't remember being taught this in church when I was growing up. I remember being taught you got to move and groove all the time. Jesus here doesn't go that route. Jesus is busy, but he's not in a hurry. Jesus is understanding the big picture here. He understands burnout, and he doesn't want those for people that he loves. And we always talk about pastoral burnout, or we talk about work burnout. You know that spiritual burnout is a problem that we got to face? You know why? Because we don't do a very good job of sitting down and resting. Man, we're going to a picnic next week. You think well, I'm doing that because I'm going, hey, man, it's really great to just be outside. I can be outside on Saturday, folks. But I love to be together outside and be enjoying that with you. Because listen, I'm not the only one that's working here. There's, there's people in the nursery. There's people downstairs. John and the worship team. We're going to take a, we're going to, we're going to rest tomorrow, next week. And it's going to be holy. And it's going to be sacred. And it's going to be beautiful. 
He was busy, but he was never hurried. So what's the difference? What's the difference? I wrote down just a couple things. When it comes to being hurried, everybody knows what busy is. You know, you got a lot on your schedule, a lot going on. And that happens, and that's, that's different. But here's what hurried is. Hurried, you're preoccupied. Hurried is you are unable to be fully present. Hurried is spiritually draining. It causes us to be unavailable to God. And then quite simply, I put this question, how can we hear God? How can we do what he asks us to do if we are unavailable to hear what he is saying? Why did they go? Some, some translations translate desolate place as the wilderness. They get away. They rest. Now, here's the beautiful thing about this. They don't go up there and just twiddle their thumbs. They let God refresh them. They enjoy those moments with Jesus because he goes with them. You see, in your resting, can you do me a favor? Take Jesus with you. Take Jesus with you. Enjoy those moments. Enjoy what God is doing. And then the final one, as we move away from hurry and distraction into waiting, let's look at the last thing. And that is understanding how to wait on the Lord. How to wait on the Lord. Isaiah 40, very, very well-known scripture, but it's very important. Even youth shall fail, or faint, excuse me, and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And also look at, look at Psalms 37. It says this, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in his ways, over the man who carries out evil devices. How do you wait? What, what does that mean? I remember, remember thinking, well, does that mean I just don't do anything? No. No, waiting on the Lord is not doing nothing. Waiting on the Lord is seeking him. Waiting on the Lord is going after him like you never have before. But it's also understanding, this understanding that, that the wings of eagles, that, that the Lord shall renew their strength. You, you think about an eagle, you think about a condor, you think about those types of huge, majestic birds. What do they do? They don't fly like a sparrow flies. They don't fly like a hummingbird. You ever, you ever seen a hummingbird? Man, you, those things are crazy to me. Why? This is, God doesn't say... A hummingbird. They will, they, he says an eagle. Why? Because an eagle soars. An eagle allows the wind to carry it to its destination. Does it flap? Sure it does. But mostly it rides the current. It rides the wind. It rides, because a lot of times in scripture, wind is, is another word for the spirit. It lets the spirit of God take us where we are to go. That's what waiting on the Lord is. It's not stagnant. It's moving, but it's allowing God to move you and move me. It's not sitting there doing nothing. It's not sitting there going, well, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to wait on the Lord. And so I don't do anything. No. Waiting on the Lord is opening your wings and letting God do that. But the problem is, is we don't wait very well when we're distracted and we're in a hurry. 
Hurry and waiting usually don't go together. Listen, I love the fact that on my phone, I have a Bible app. You know what I mean? And I can sit there, and I'll do it all the time. I'll sit there, and I'll go, man, I got all these translations. And I can look here, and okay, well, oh, that's, that's that verse, and let's look at this translation. You know what I found? I cannot do my devotionals on my phone anymore. I can't. Now, if you can, God bless you. But I can't because I'm human. And so what do I do? I'm like, oh, I'm doing my devotional. I'm looking here, and then I'm like, oh, you know, I wonder what the weather is in London. And so I look. Oh, wow, look at that. Oh, 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 sorry, devotion, devotion. Well, waiting on the Lord. Yes, 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 yes. You know, and I, I put on my worship music because I'm kind of super spiritual, you know, focused, you know, here and, and oh, and then it's like, you know, you know, there was that, 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 that I needed some deodorant from Amazon. Oh, you know, I, I don't want to forget because that would be bad for everyone. So I stop and then I do, I can't focus. Now, you know, maybe you're different. I'm, I, I, I'm not very good focusing, okay? But I can't do it anymore. Hurry and waiting are kind of opposed to each other. It's hard to wait when we're always in a hurry. It's hard to be patient with my son when I'm always in a hurry. It's hard to be focused on God when I'm constantly distracted. And it's a battle that we face. If the worship team wants to come on up, we're going to close. And, and look, I, I know that, and I think, I think I did pretty good not, you know, like wanting to take all the phones and throw them into the water. But at the same time, and, and I know that, that, that sometimes this particular topic can seem very low on the totem pole when it comes to battles that we face. But as we close, I just want you to think about something. I want you to start here and then we'll we'll go down. How have you allowed distraction and hurry rob you from experiencing the feast of the king? Look, I I love doing so many things. I do. I, I like doing lots of stuff, but, and again, those things are not necessarily wrong. But can we please remove a phrase from our, um, our, um, sorry, our dialogue? There it is. I don't have time. Emily and I have a phrase that we use in our house. And it is this, you will always make time for what is most important. You will always make time for what is most important. If Jesus is most important, you will make time. If watching the latest thing on Netflix is most important, you will make time. If seeing what the weather is in London is most important, you'll make time. What keeps you from going to the feast? And I'm not saying that God is saying you need to stop doing all those things because I don't think that's the case. 
You see, I, I want, I think God wants and I want well-rounded people. I love that Jesus was a carpenter first. Whether that is, as some theologians think, stonework or wood, doesn't matter. It was that Jesus did other things, too. I can imagine that there was times when Jesus was tired. And, and, and let's just say, for the sake of this illustration, it was wood. Maybe he was tired and he was wore out. And maybe he would grab a stick or maybe this was not historically necessarily what he would do. But I just picture this in my mind. And Jesus maybe just began to whittle. Or Jesus began to put something together. I love that about him. I love that Jesus was that way. But, but what, what's keeping you from him? Because you've been invited. Do you get that? This is more than, than, than I think, wait, Prince Harry's wedding. This is the king of kings that has invited you. And he's saying, listen, folks, the dinner's set. The barbecue's ready. It's party time. We're going to be together. We're going to celebrate. And what do we say? I don't have time. I don't have time. I got to do this. I got to do that. Listen, there is nothing more important in your life than spending time with Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. Jesus came and he gave himself as a ransom for many so that you and him can have a relationship together again. You don't think it was important to him? It cost him everything to get that back. And what do we say? I don't have time. I got to go to my farm. I got to go to my business. Oh, but they just released the brand new series on Netflix. And I've just been dying to watch it. One of the things, and, and some of the people that are actually here this morning will know what I'm going to say. We went, I took our, our youth group to Ireland for a mission trip. And I told them, I said, we're going to do something different. We are going to go on electronics fast. We're going to turn the phones off. We're going to put them away. I said, I'll give you time here and there so you can text mom and dad and let them know you're alive. But mainly, we're going to take them, we're going to put them away. I'm going to be honest with you, that was some of the most beautiful times that I spent with kids in my youth group in the 15 years that I served. And we were busy. We were running like madmen doing the stuff that we were doing there. And then we'd rest. We'd, get, we'd have tea. I don't like tea, so we'd have, I'd have coffee. And it was beautiful. And I find myself longing for that. Why do I long for that? I think I long for that because there's something in all of us that longs for uninterrupted love and relationship that God wants to have with us. Secondly and quickly, who in your life, who, your family, your wife, your kids, your parents, are you so distracted and so hurried that you don't have time for it? Man, we, we, we'll go on vacation. Oh, we're going to go on vacation. And we'll run around like chickens with our heads cut off. And then we'll come back. I don't understand why I'm not rested. When was the last time? And I'm, I'm not trying, again, I'm not trying to throw rocks at you because we don't do this in my house. But maybe we need to start. 
because it's just M and I, you know, and Easton. But maybe, maybe we need to start having some fasts with our stuff. Maybe as families, we need to say, at this time, the phones go away. At this time, the TVs go off. And we love each other as a family. Maybe when we go out to eat with friends, we put the phone away. You know what I found? 99.9% of the texts you get can wait. They can wait. There is nothing in you. There is no one with a high-powered rifle that is looking at you and saying, if you do not answer that text immediately when it comes, I'm going to take you out. Why don't we put it away? Why don't we say, God, this is your time. And not put it on silent and not put it on vibrate. Turn it off. Why? Because we need to be around each other. And it's hard to do that when you're constantly doing this or looking at our screens or worried about work. Let's be fully present with our God and with the people that our God has placed in our lives. Let's fight this battle and win. Let's be a group of people that really, truly loves each other. Listen, listen, we don't need to go buy a billboard in this, in this community. Are, is anything wrong with billboards? No. We don't need to. You know why? Because people will know because of the love that we have for one another. We are going to go to a park next week, and I promise you, I guarantee you, there are going to be people that may not walk up, but they're going to see us laughing, and they're going to see us sharing life together, and they're going to go, what is with all these people? What is this about? Why? Because we are loving each other. And the world will know that we are his disciples because of the love that we share. Look, I know I've gone over and I'm sorry. But this has just been burning in my heart for a long time. I want us to love each other again. I want families to be put back together. I want marriages to be put back together. And they're not going to get put back together if we're too busy with other stuff. You will make time for what is most important. Jesus is most important. Your family is most important. Let's make time for them. So I'm going to pray. John and the worship team are going to come. They're going to lead us in a song and we're going to go. But let's make some commitments, okay? And I'm not saying how to or, or what. I'm saying let's be open to what God is saying to us as individuals, and as families, okay? Because no matter whether you're on your phone a lot or you're not at all, we can have distractions and hurry in our lives that will keep us from waiting and seeking after our Father. So Jesus, we come to you right now. We come to you and we ask that you would help us in this. Distraction waiting. It's hard. There's so many things that keep us. And honestly, God, I do not believe that what will cause churches to crumble and for things to take place, I don't think it's going to be a bunch of people just basically renouncing the faith. I think it's going to be a bunch of people that just get too busy with everything else. And God, we don't want to be those people. We want to be a people that is in love with you, loves to be around you, 
loves to experience you and loves to be around those that you have placed in our lives so that all people will know that we're yours. Help us, change us, speak to us, Father, so that we can put those things away for a bit and focus on you and others. We can't do it on our own. We need your help. So come and help us. We love you and we thank you. Let's all 